0: from PRX. Studio
1: 360. Hi, this is Kurt with some extra bit of podcast. It sure seems like one of the ways we're going to remember 2016 is as a year in which we lost some genuinely great groundbreaking musicians. Prince, David Bowie, Leonard Cohen. And then last week somebody who's not quite a household name, but was a beloved legend in New York City where I am and we do this show, Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones burst onto the scene about a dozen years ago, backed up by the Dap Kings, this straight-out-of-the-1960s funk band with a fantastic horn section. And Sharon, tiny, five-foot-tall Sharon, had all the funk and charm and spark of James Brown. Sharon became successful late, in her early 50s. And then just as she was really getting going, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It was treated, she returned to the stage, but the cancer returned. On the 18th of November, she died. She was only 60. Sharon had been on my mind recently. We just replayed a story about This Land is Your Land and how Woody Guthrie's song had become a kind of alternative national anthem. She and the Dap Kings had done a brilliant cover of it for the movie Up in the Air, so we asked her about the song. And it turns out that This Land is Your Land spoke to her in a really surprising and beautiful way. Here's an extended cut of that part of the story.
2: I was actually born in Augusta, Georgia. Um, my mother and my father separated, so I came to New York, like maybe around 59. I was three. And by the time I reached maybe six or seven, my mother would let us go back south and um, come back on, on on a greyhound. I'll never forget the greyhound. <laughs> and when you come to the greyhound, you know, they had the water fountain and they had the bathroom. And they literally had the sign set colored and white. You in the bathrooms with the same thing. You know, being a little girl not able to read, all I knew was that water fountain. The water was rusty. It was all nasty looking. And I'm like, you know, I don't want that nasty water. And not knowing my mother could have really got in trouble because I refused to go. And she was like, I'll hold you up. And I'm like, I don't want I don't, you know. Ugh. And so she had one of those little collapsed cups. I'll never forget that. It was blue. And she lift that cup up like that and went to the water and had to bring the water to me and I drank it, you know, but I wouldn't want to go to the fountain. Uh, Say it and then thank God that um, James Brown came out with that song. You know, I was much older, but when he came out with that Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, um, that made me look in the mirror at myself and, and start saying, yeah, that's right, I'm black, but I'm, but I'm proud, you know, and... And that had a big impact on me,
0: too.
2: How do you say his name? Gumtree? I I can never say his name. Woody Gumfrey. Mr. (laughs) Gumtree. I should have said Woody. (laughs) You know, I have to be truthful to you. When I first heard, I never paid attention to the song because... uh, (laughs) It was like a folk song, you know, this land is your land. I may as well say, oh, that's a white people's song, you know.
0: This land is your land, and this land is And my
2: then, as you get California, older, you know, um, you look at the lyrics and, and the true meaning of what he wrote the song, You know, he's writing about, he's a poor person. He was like, everybody don't have land. And I look at myself, I'm 54 years old, I don't have no land. You know, and I'm like, that's what he was, you know, talking about, talking to the poor people. I I guess what, you know, where he was coming from and where I'm coming from, yeah, we all had hard times. Yeah, I I, I can see myself in that category. Because I think the way we're singing the song is more or less the way he interpreted it, you know, when he to the poor. And I think we came out with those verses and the way I'm singing it. Let them see that other side. The main thing is he may have been white and I'm black, but, um, you know, he felt the same thing that I'm feeling. You know, like, I don't, I'm not going to sing anything if it doesn't have a meaning, and if I can't find a meaning to it, then I don't want to sing it. And so this song, I felt every word what he was talking about. So I think him and I are feeling the same things nowadays.
0: I have
2: to admit, I mean... I'm sitting here now talking to you about the song Because I'm breaking it down and I'm working it out But usually when I'm on stage I don't, I, I can't concentrate on it I just feel it, you know And so as soon as that Sometimes I put my hand over my heart You know, like like the flag, you know And then I'll come back out, you know This land is your land mm-hmm. This land is my land
0: land it's your land this
2: land is my land and then I'm, from there i'm just feeling the music and i'm just feeling the people i'm looking in their faces and i'm on a feel thing then then that's, that's that feel that's that soul that's that i don't even think of the lyrics they just flow out from the Redwood Forest. to me this song is like i'm not african but my ancestors are African, and I am American, and then you can come back and say, we didn't walk over here. We didn't get on ships and bring our family. We was brought over here in chains, you know, and half of us didn't make it, you know, and those that did was the strong ones, and those one that made it are the ones that, where we are from, our ancestors, you know, the generation after generation. We helped build this land, so this is our land. You know, I am American, you know. You can call me... Afro-American, black Afro-American. Yeah, we've been called some kind of everything. Negro, colored, um, black. Uh, don't call me black. Yes, just, just call me. As long as you, you know who I am. And I
0: said this land was made for you.
1: That's Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. One of the things about the band is that although they dress in these sharp suits and wear hats and sunglasses, they are young, and a lot of them are white guys. Contrast that with the star of the show, a foot shorter, decades older, but with several times the energy. She was really incredible and insatiable. She and the band came by the studio back in 2007, and we talked then about how she'd broken into the music business.
2: They told me I didn't have the look. I was uh, a little too dark-skinned, a little too uh, short, a little too... Fat, you know.
1: So was that Simon Cowell uh, of real life telling you you're not the American Idol? It
2: wasn't Simon, but it was someone back in the day. Yeah.
1: And you sang in a church choir.
2: Yes, I've 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 directed and sang with like three or four choirs at my church.
1: And your your day job for a long time was a was a corrections officer at Rikers Island, the New York yeah. prison.
2: Yeah, a couple of years there. I well, spent a little time at Rikers. What was that like? was an experience
1: yeah was a, good, with, a good one
2: yeah you know some bad some good I was with the uh, men um
1: so you were a guard to to, to men bad yeah.
2: men yeah a little little bad boys
1: so so how did you hook up with the Dapkings
2: well Bosco was uh looking for three singers and just so happened an ex of mine was playing one of the horns in the group he was like you know my lady could sing and so I said I could do all three parts save you a little money put more money in my pocket and Bosco went for it.
1: And was it love at first sight?
2: (laughs) Yes. He was the glove, and then I just fit right in the glove. That's
1: nice. Well, what do your friends and your family think of you with these seven hipsters about half your age?
2: You know, the family didn't have to say too much. I think, you know, I put my own foot in my mouth because I said, like, what do these little young white boys know about funk music? And so I had to pull the foot, you know, sock and everything right out of my mouth.
1: It's like it's like a subplot from the Blues Brothers or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, huh? you know,
2: you got the glasses and everything. I think so.
1: So in your live shows, you are uh, this amazingly energetic presence, like no 51-year-old I can imagine, except maybe James Brown in the early 1980s uh, when he was 51. But uh, do you, like, train to do
2: what you do on stage? No, I don't. Um, It it just comes, you know, it just comes naturally.
1: You're just a naturally caffeinated human being.
2: <laughs> yes, actually, guys, that tell you, you can't give me caffeine. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would, Yeah, I would fly. I get caffeine. I'm like. <laughs> so yeah. Oh really? Just,
1: no, <laughs> she's uh, as the listeners don't know. She's like kicking her way out of her chair as we speak. <laughs> practically, um, I, I want to talk to you and Bosco about your sound. This '60s kind of raw funk sound has now. Suddenly, a a huge following among the young people, and it's been sampled by hip hoppers like Kanye West. What was your reaction to hearing your record cut up and rhymed over? Um, I mean, my reaction was like, let's go buy a steak. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that was kind of my reaction to it. Is I mean, that frequently your reaction to things? <laughs>
0: well, it's
1: definitely Sharon's reaction to a lot of things. No, I'm just saying it's it's nice, you know, I'm not, you know, we're we're very pure in what we do and and kind of definitely have a sound that, that we're real into, but you know, if they want to do that and we can get paid for that, that's great because we do a lot of stuff we don't make any money for, you know, so let us make money off of that and then we can do some <laughs> stuff we really believe in for free. Now Sharon, why why do you think it took you until age 51 or 47, or whenever you became the great Sharon Jones that we know and love today to get your break? Why, why, why didn't that happen?
2: Well, because, uh, like I said, they just wasn't accepting. A look kept me away from certain things. Forget the, the voice was great, yeah. but it was a look. But when it came time to dealing with Bosco at the time, they was going for sound, It's right. which what I felt that one day God gave me a gift. And one day I'm I'm going to be accepted with this voice, with this look, and I think this is this this is my roots. The music I fit right in, and I I grew up with this music, so I'm here.
1: Well, you're here, and and I don't
2: have to pretend. I'm I'm for real in this. We we do things natural.
1: Well, since you're here, will you play another song? Of course. From your new album, A Hundred Days, A Hundred Nights, which is going to be the title track.
2: Oh yes, yes. That's a little bit about (laughs) me.
0: One hundred days, one hundred nights, no one man heart. One hundred days, one hundred nights, no one man heart. Your time, maybe I explain myself a little bit. I listen here. I had a man tell me things, made me feel like a queen.
1: That was back in 2007, The Dap Kings with Sharon Jones. May she rest in peace. She was such a force and such a delight to have in our studio. That's it for this podcast. Watch for our full-length broadcast episode on Thursday. And in the
0: meantime, thanks for listening.